recording? Yes, we are. So then you have to tell me, how many times did you see Avatar? <laughs> Six times in the theater in 3D. Did they even show Avatar not in 3D? Um, I don't know if they did. I feel like James Cameron would not have stood for that. And when James Cameron doesn't stand for something, it sits down. <laughs> or he sits down. No, no, he he's king of the world. He never has to sit down. It's like putting baby in the corner. It does not happen. Well, if he doesn't stand for something, then isn't he always sitting down? Uh, no, I got you. Touche. Welcome to Gleecast. Welcome to Gleecast. This is a very special Gleecast. I don't know why, because it's about duets. There's two of us, so. And because Emily's apparently recording in the dark. Uh, I will. I I don't like to keep the lights on very often. It's like pitch black over there. I'm like, what are you doing? If I if I were to turn things to the to that way, you could see a, oh, a okay an angelic glow emitting <laughs> from my kitchen. But yes, currently the view Erica has of me, there's like a tiny little light way off in the distance, and that would be my neighbor's apartment which i can kind of look into but nothing's really happening there so in the meantime i'm just going to stay in the dark and be creepy sounds like a plan indeed um so we are Gleecast. we are i'm erica i'm emily um we talk about glee we've got like lots of exciting feedback to go over we're going to talk about last week's episode duets we are going to, oh, my cat is going to jump on my lap and try to break something. And <laughs> we are, where should we start? There was one thing that I figured we should hit on before we hit on anything, because I have a feeling I'll forget about it, which was um, last Saturday night, something happened that kind of concerns Glee. Yeah, unfortunately, I still have not seen it. Okay, can you at least tell the people out there what <laughs> Yep, Jane Lynch hosted SNL. She did. I only caught bits of it because I just have, I, I think I start to develop hives when I watch Saturday Night Live now these days. It's it's just not good. Uh, but she was fabulous from what I saw. She did the opening monologue, of course, like every guest star does. But she sings. <gasps> That's without auto-tune. Wow. Yeah. Every time somebody from Glee sings without auto-tune, a baby Gets, gets its wings. Gets its wings and becomes a cherub. Yep. And then has a weight problem. Uh, but yes, yeah, she did sing in the opening and she sounded fantastic. She, I, I only caught like one or two sketches and the sketches were okay, but she was great as you would expect her to be. I mean, she's a comedian. She's an improviser. She can do it. There was a Glee sketch, but I have not seen it yet. But it, I, from what I understand, it turned into a, um, what's that annoying character that Kristen Wiig does? Like, Gigli? I don't know, because... Or Gilly? Uh, I don't. Or oh, I know Gilly. Gilly? Oh no, it's Gilly. I thought for a minute I thought Saturday Night Live was doing Gilly sketches like the Ben Affleck <laughs> Jennifer Lopez movie. I'm like, wow, I I haven't I don't watch Saturday Night Live, but that's kind of amazing. Maybe I will now. Um, but yeah, so if other people have opinions on it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and then uh, should we just go into feedback? Sure. I don't know why I had to turn into Yoda at that point, but it just felt like the natural thing to do. Go into feedback, we will. Go into feedback, we will, indeed. 
Okay, um, now i got to find where I put mine. Do you want to start? Sure. I will start with an email from Brian. The subject line is, order with cheese and hold the Mercedes on rye. He says, hey, Gleekers, I would like to order two Mercedes Solos per episode with an extra helping of whale. Or do I want to order two Mercedes Benz? I'm so confused. I was lost in the sewers last summer. Anyway, I hopefully time warps with the Rocky Horror app and hope it's not a horror. Brian in Deep South Texas. Thank you, Brian. Brian, I love you. I just want to say that. I don't know much about you, but from the four sentences you just sent (laughs) us, I love you. I will lend my egg to have your baby. I'm not having his babies. I'm just saying, like, if he needed a, a donation, I'm there. All right. Okay. So should we move on? Because we have a few. So we want to get through our feedback and get into the episode. Um, it's also Monday night, and both of us are about to turn into pumpkins. Erica's halfway there. Yes, I'm wearing an um, orange shirt. She is wearing an orange shirt, and I am slowly drifting into darkness. So our next email comes from the one and only Wayne Kotke, whose titles is email, ragdolls, breadsticks, and other things gleeful. And he writes... E squared, which is a great like tag team name for us, by the way. <clears throat> Before we even begin to dissect duets, a little glee drinking game for the next time you watch this episode. Take a drink every time someone says the word breadsticks. Warning, you might not make it to the second commercial break alive. <laughs> I have not as yet perused any other reviews, but I am going to risk saying I like this episode quite a bit. If Brittany 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 was a lighter than usual glee and grilled cheeses was heavier than usual glee, then duets right down to that oh so literal first season sounding title could be classified as classic glee or default glee. Like a lot of the first season episodes, this one centered around one of Will's assignments. The adult characters, apart from Kurt's dad, were barely seen or heard from at all. Will was seen all through the show, of course, but his role was essentially to be Ryan Seacrest and introduce each act. This one was all about the kids. That's a good thing sometimes. It is. I'm Im- I agree. I'm impressed with Santana's lizard Santana's lizard knowledge and Brittany's on-the-fly duet-duvet fun, which took me a second or two to process. I didn't get it because I didn't know what a duvet is. Hey, this episode provided some major evidence to support my theory about Glee being the movie election, but with songs. Brittany and Santana's abortive lesbian makeout and its subsequent emotional fallout, i.e. revenge sex, were taken directly from that movie. I'm almost certain. This is not a complaint. Election is one of my favorite movies of all time. And now no one has to bother writing Election, the musical. Ryan Murphy and his Glee caters have done the work for us. We talked about that a while back with how um, Finn is essentially Chris Klein in Election. Yeah, he is. And, yeah. and I was and very I, upset that you pointed that out to me. I know, because Chris Klein kind of sucks, except for in Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li, where he's amazing. Um, but no, I agree with that point. That And I, I kind of caught that too. I'm like, yeah, the lesbian, but they're not acknowledging it. Yeah, I would see that. More election. Um, I just hope that that means Will Schuster doesn't turn into Matthew Broderick. Because I kind of hate him, but that's another how story. Hate, how could you hate Matthew Broderick? I don't want to hear the right now. I already told you, he does not pick up his dog shit on the streets oh, of New okay. York City. Okay. As a former dog walker, that pisses me off. And the other reason is he has a bad effect on people around him when he's in a movie with a lot of good actors. I've said my piece. Okay. Okay, continuing to Wayne. More than ever, I am rooting for the Mike Chang-Tina relationship. Why, oh, why have we gotten a scene with Mike and Tina on one of their dates getting... Why have we not gotten a scene with them on their dates getting dim sum with Mike's mother? 
Is it possible we will get a scene of Asian couples therapy? Pretty please. And can Tina wear that awesome eye makeup from the library scene more often? I find Mike's exasperation with Tina and hers with him to be really sweet and funny. I could have listened to them bicker for another five to ten minutes easily. And I thought their duet was an 11 out of 10 on the adorable scale. I think the show might be angling to get Tina and Artie back together, but I hope that can wait a while. Viva my Chang! Pups and Juvie for committing what sounds like a major life-changing felony, and the show kind of lasts it off with a couple of lines of casual dialogue. What the hell? Was there some sort of contract negotiation that went sour? Boo! Couldn't they have said Puck was visiting his aunt or something? Unless the show is going to take this seriously and make a whole storyline out of it, with scenes actually said in Juvie, this feels like a major cheat. The treatment of his character was cheap and stupid. Again, boo! Do you um, want to just- address that now? I do. Now, did you hear the reason why Mark Sailing wasn't in this episode? Yeah, actually, you told me this weekend at Rocky I told Talk. You. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, supposedly, he is out for this week and the Rocky Horror Week because he is busy promoting his Christian rock album. Yes. Yeah, because he's Christian, I guess, and rock. Uh, I am, however, really excited that they will maybe do like a crybaby scene where he's singing Jailhouse Rock and Juvie. That would be amazing if they took it, it in that be, direction. It would be fantastic. And if they don't do it, I am going to cry and sacrifice a kitten. Back to Wayne. Can we just say it? Mercedes and Santana were robbed. Had I written the episode, they would have won. And the last scene would have been them gorging themselves to the point of illness on breadsticks before one of them passes out. River Deep Mountain High is just one of those songs for me. I can't resist its charms. It's a controversial record. The original, that is, by Ike and Tina, produced by Phil Spector. It's critical and commercial failure in America, supposedly. I perked up naturally when Finn and Rachel said they were going to intentionally throw the contest by doing an offensive number. But to my taste, they could have gone way more offensive. During the Don't Go Breaking My Heart scene, Finn sang while he played the drums, which made me think of the Carpenters. Of course, one weird thing about the Carpenters is that they were brother and sister, and yet they were always singing lovey-dovey duets to one another. Donnie and Marie had this problem as well. Imagine Rachel and Finn dressed up as the Carpenters singing something like We've Only Just Begun and then making out. Now that would have been rude. And having Rachel dress up as Karen Carpenter would have been a way to comment on Leah Michelle's much gossiped about weight loss. I actually really love the Carpenters and would have welcomed any excuse to have their music on Glee. That's a great point. Both the Carpenters and um, any kind of analogy to a shrinking waistline. (laughs) I can't even begin to unravel the Gordian knot of sexual confusion that is Sam. The producers seem to be using him as the Daisy Duke of Glee. They'll take any excuse to have him in the shower wearing just a towel. I don't know where they're going with the Sam Quinn storyline, but the dinner scene at the end was certainly nudging it into the romantic direction. I think Kurt needs Sam much more than Quinn. Kurt has suffered so much already, and Sam seems like a textbook twink. Let Kurt have a little fun for a change, Glee producers. On the other hand, Quinn's scene in this episode proved that Diana Agron... Agron? Agron. Did we ever establish Agron? Is a very fine actor. I was going to say, I think... I think Isn't he missing an A in there? I think it's like Aragon. Or I'll, I'll look it up. You read. <laughs> You're thinking of Viggo Mortensen's character. Yeah. <laughs> Common confusion. But believe it or not, they're not related. <laughs> uh, but he writes that she is a very fine actress indeed and has made Quinn Fabray a fascinating, complex character when she could have been a one-note stereotype. I want Quinn to have a storyline, but I don't necessarily want it to be a romantic one. Maybe Quinn should be on her own for a while. I love that one of one of Quinn's stated goals was to torture Rachel. And I also like that Quinn immediately knows to be suspicious of the quasi-sociopath Rachel, a young lady capable of incredible evil. I don't think Artie was grateful enough by a damned sight. 
Did you see Brittany rolling that meatball with her nose at the oh. end of the show? A girl like that doesn't come along every day, Artie. Actually, Brittany's genuine longing for Santana was kind of touching. I hope those kids work through their issues. Santana should be allowed to be cruel to everyone but Brittany. Streisand should be considered a verb. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Kurt and Rachel were really Streisanding in their duet, even though Rachel, Rachel Streisanded just last week. I, I, as a language person, I, I've already decided it is a verb. Major plot flaw. As far as I could tell, the duets were only performed in front of other Glee kids. So why did anyone care what the rest of the school would think about them? Would the rest of the school even know or care? This made no sense to me. This came up in both the Mercedes Santana storyline and the Sam Quinn Kurt storyline. Now, if they were going to perform these duets in front of the student body, that would have been very different. I totally didn't think about that, but he I makes did. a really good point. You did. Yeah, I did. I have it written down. Like, if so what if Sam sang with Kurt? How would the rest of the school know that he sang with Kurt mm-hmm. unless one of the Glee kids run out and tell him? Right. And, yeah. And there's really no kids in there that would do that, you would no. think. Yeah, so, I, yeah, you're right. Plot hole. Glee never does that. So this no. is, like, a first. Whoa. All right, and Wayne finishes, and there's so much more to talk about, but I'm sure you'll get to it during your discussion. I see that next week they're having the first rerun of the season, Hairography. I might actually watch that since I've only ever seen that one on Hulu. The great thing about watching it on Hulu is that you find out Glee has a delightful closing theme song, which never crops up in the broadcast version. Uh, Wayne had an addendum to add to his email, and I believe this was something I did not know about. Um, When he talks about the song River Deep Mountain High, uh, he wanted to add that I was going to say that Riverdeep was a critical and commercial flop in America when it first came out. And that was supposedly one of the things that turned Phil Spector into a crazy recluse. It's a very operatic story. Spector thought the record was his masterpiece. And when the world initially rejected it, he went mad. I'm sure that's a major over, oversimplification, but possibly there's some truth to it. Even to this day, the record is controversial. I remember when the Phil Spector verdict came in, someone on NPR interviewed a rock journalist about Spector's career and played that song as an example of the wall of sound. After it was over, the radio host was very impressed, but the journalist was very critical of it. I've always liked it, though, and I was glad to hear it on Glee. I like to think of it as a sign that the world has at last made peace with River Deep, Mounted High. And that was definitely probably like the most talked about song after the show. So I think it's maybe finding a little comeback. Perhaps, perhaps. perhaps. Wayne Cocky, you can find at d2writes at blogspot.blogspot.com for more of his musings. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna pause us for just a second. Hang on two minutes. Oh. We're back. You can hear me, right? We are? We're really back? Are you yeah, really okay. back? Yeah, okay, okay, we're back. You guys are here. We're back. Good. I'm glad we're back. Good, okay. Okay, so it's my turn. I am going to read um, some feedback from Anna in London. She says um, her subject line is TV's gayest hour. And she says, (laughs) hello, lovely Glee casters. Last time I wrote you, I composed a novel's worth of semi-coherent ramblings about the identity politics of everyone's favorite musical dramedy. See episode five, Kirk's turn. This time, I promise it'll be shorter than War and Peace. In fact, why don't I just share with you the series of Facebook status updates that accompanied my viewing of duets. 1. Glee is so gay and it up all over the place even more than usual, and I love it. 2. Titillating us with the idea that Brentana could sing Come to My Window by Melissa Etheridge. It's making me caps lock all over my computer. That sounds so dirty. It does. Um, 3. Kurt Hummel. You get more fantastically fabulous every week. Agreed. 4. 
That was the best episode ever. Even better than the Whedon and PH one. My only complaint is no puck. And just for the record, all four of those were all in caps lock. Yeah, Erica didn't quite shout it out, but you know, I it, it, it's it's Monday evening. There are people sleeping yeah, somewhere people, down the block. No, people in my house are sleeping. My father's asleep right now. But um, So she goes on, that pretty much says it all. Stay awesome, Anna in London. P.S. I don't really know what that Joan Osborne song is about. What if God was one of us? He'd spend three years preaching and healing, then get executed and resurrected. But when, fun. But when I was about 11, we sang it in school choir. We were rehearsing it on a really hot day, and in the middle of the song, I blacked out, thump, falling right onto the kid behind me. My friends and I invented a game called Choir Dominoes, which involved singing one of us and keeling over in each other's arms until we were all lying in a heap on the ground. Which sounds like such a great thing to do. It does. It sounds like so much fun. I like that like you could be doing it too, and if somebody didn't know, or maybe if they did, like they could think you were enacting like a passion play. And that you were actually doing this as a way of worship. <laughs> That's great. fabulous. Thank you, Anna. Um, it was lovely to hear from you. And your email made me smile. Yes. In yes, many yes. ways. We're glad to hear uh, from you again. Keep in touch. Love, Emily and Erica. <laughs> okay. I'll continue with Ellie's email. And Ellie writes, singing with myself. Hi, Emily and Erica. To answer your question from last week, I haven't the foggiest idea what one of us is about. But what I do know is that I really hate the yeah, yeah, God is good part. Seriously, those are song lyrics. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to say a lot about the episode because I'm sure you guys have plenty to say. But there are a couple of things that stood out to me. Finn was kind of being a jerk. I understand that he had a right to be uncomfortable when Kurt had a crush on him. And yes, Kurt was playing the victim with his dad. And while it's nice that Bert knows about the crush, Finn was a little out of line. I really didn't like Finn telling Kurt something that basically amounted to this. There are a bunch of bullies that make your life miserable, but I want the new kids to sing Glee. But if he sings with you, people are going to make his life miserable too. You're to blame for the way bullies treat you, and by extension, the way they'll treat Sam. Sucks to be you. I love Finn, but he was basically telling Kurt that simply singing with him is enough to make someone a social outcast, and that's not how a good friend acts. Wasn't it reminiscent of him asking Kurt to try harder to be normal in theatricality so life would be easier for Finn? I'm not sure if I am articulating this properly, but it was actually really upsetting to hear him talk to Kurt this way. Even Sam thought Finn had a problem with gay people. The musical numbers were like the opposite of last week's. None of them really related to the plot, but that was okay. Mercedes and Santana's number was so much fun. Actually, so was Kurt's and Mike and Tina's. The duet at the end was great, but I'm amazed they did it because it's a number that I imagine a lot of the audience has never heard before. Not to mention, it was so simply staged, it really allowed the vocals to shine. I also declare that Rachel and Kurt may have the best musical chemistry on the show. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Ellie. Smiley face. You have your uh, mouth open like you're going to say something. I do, but I'm wondering if I should say it now or if I should wait till we talk about all the songs. Because I... Spoiler alert, I probably agree with most of what she says about the songs, especially how they, um, this week and last week, and we'll get into this a little bit in talking about the the three glees, as some people call them, how there's three creators, three writers, and you can sometimes really see it in the episodes. And I think when you compare the last three episodes, the Britney episode, which was Ryan Murphy, the Grilled Jesus, which was Brad Felchek, and this one, which was Ian Brennan, uh, like the the way they use the songs, especially, I think, was very different. Very, very different. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say to that, or should we save it for the Glee Cap? 
Um, we can, we could save it. Okay. Would you like to read the last email? Sure. This one is from Jake from Cincinnati, and he writes, Hey, lasses, it's Jake McLargehude from the Pal of Our Forum. That's P-A-L-A-V-R dot com. Thank you. For Thanks for spelling it for us. Yeah. <laughs> My, well, because every time we say it, we say that's P-A-L-A-V-R dot com. And I, think I would I, never have known how to spell it otherwise. So. I think Because it's not the real spelling anyway. I know, but I think that every single podcast does that now. That's on there. It's really funny. Um, my relationship with Glee was initially adversarial since I can't stand musicals. It could be that I'm just not a big fan of vocals being the primary drive behind a song or the act of sing acting just kind of drives me up a wall. Luckily, I was stone bored at work last year and suddenly and became absolutely enchanted by Kurt kicking that field goal and the Bon Jovi Usher mashup and I became an blah, I can't read. And I became and I became an Insta fan. I mostly appreciate the delicate balance of heart and buffoonery. Unfortunately, I really, really didn't like the grilled cheeses episode, but only for purely personal reasons. I could go on forever about this, but the discourse between theist and atheist has gotten so caustic that even if a show echoes it, then it just kind of puts me in a sour mood. I wasn't a big fan of how Kurt projected his self-loathing onto the other Glee kids, and the show kind of gave him a pass. But hey, his dad's in the hospital, so it was just a little annoyance. On the non-personal front, it felt a little counterfeit that Finn had such a goofy subplot, but an unnecessarily somber emotional payoff. Sometimes this balance works, but it's hard to grasp onto the emotion of a kid's faith in grilled cheese being shattered. Man, if grilled cheese was ever ruined for me, I would cry. I would too. I almost made some today, and then I changed my mind. Hmm. Um, As for the duets episode, I actually kind of dug this episode, even though I didn't like any of the songs. It's just my distaste for musicals coming out. An earlier gripe was rectified as Bert called out Kurt, Bert and Kurt, ha, on his stalker treatment of Finn in season one. I also like how Artie's character arc is growing. Between him taking Tina for granted and not knowing how to handle predatory Brittany, he's being showed as a realistically flawed hormonal teenager. I'll be interested to see where his where he goes in the future. Oh, and give that Harry Shum kid some more lines. Uh, I'm sure he's raw, but he shows some natural charisma and acting chops. Sorry for the long email, but I wanted my first time, but I wanted my first time to count. Har har har. Keep up the good work and take care. Thanks, Jake McLarge. I always want to say McLarge McHuge, but there's only one oh, Mick in there. McLarge Huge. Yes. Which is a wonderful forum name. It very much is. Um, the, the Lots of good stuff in there. One of the first people, actually, no, I think some people last week weren't crazy about the grilled cheeses. But I feel like um, from what I've seen and talked to people, grilled cheeses was much better received than I think a lot of people expected it to be. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't have very high hopes for it. And then Mm -hmm. when it was a pretty, like a somewhat solid episode, episode, everyone was surprised and it raised their liking of it, I think. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's interesting to hear someone with the other opinion who did not like it. Um, And then the other stuff I think we'll just get into when we probably talk about, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Okay, so should we take a break and come back with our Glee Cap? Sure thing. Be right back. Hey, 
Are you looking for a way to connect with people who like the things that you like? Whether it's music, movies, TV, or whatever you're into, head on over to the palaver.com forums. <clears throat> yes, but forums and message boards are elitist and archaic. Well, yeah, maybe if you're an asshole. Palaver.com is home to all your favorite podcasts. So why not head over there now? Start talking about all the things you want to talk about. That's palaver.com. P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Hi there. Are you listening to Cinerama? Available on cinerama.podomatic.com or on iTunes every week? No? Well, fuck you. Cinerama gives you a weekly dose of news, reviews, new trailers, new Blu-ray releases, movie marathons, and all sorts of other kind of paraphernalia that you want in your ears. Cinerama is statistically proven to make your life better. But if you don't want to listen to Cinerama, then again I tell you, fuck you. Combining the best of British witticism, inventive swearing, and hopefully intelligent comments about all the movie news issues happening in the world today, Cinerama is pretty much the best thing you can listen to, apart from the show that you're listening to right now, of course. And again, if you're not listening to Cinerama, fuck you. Okay, so we are on the fourth episode of season two. Yes. What was it called? It was called Duets. Nice and simple. Um, who directed this episode, Erica? Um, unfortunately, I, I I didn't, I guess. Okay, okay. You're going to have to guess it, in, in, and I'm going to give you clues then. Um, um, sea creature in his urethra. What's your first clue? No? Nothing? What? Okay. Okay. Um, the butterfly effect, a film referenced previously on the Clean Cast for some reason. Ashton Kutcher? No. Okay, this is you'll get, because this is obvious. It's been in the news this week. Were the fates different, Marty McFly would not have been such a short man. He was supposed to play Marty McFly. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but he was fired. Like, after recording, uh, okay. like filming the whole movie. Okay. There's footage of him now, out there. He's been in the news a lot. Okay, stop talking because I don't want to talk over you because it screws up our audio quality. Um, I, I I got your your outline open, so it was Eric Stoltz. It was Eric Stoltz. That's... I just found that really amusing that Eric Stoltz directed this episode of the Glee of Glee. And we're, um, we're sure it was that Eric Stoltz. I'm about a hundred percent sure. I'm like 115 percent sure. Oh. Um, if you want to open up IMDb, you can. Did you? Did you? I'm double. I'm looking. I'm doing it. Okay. Why don't you double check IMDb and see what else he's directed while you're at it? While I do the read the Glee cap for this week. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. See, time management. Okay. So this week on duets, a lightning round of exposition reveals that Noah Puckerman has landed himself in juvie, much to the I told you so slash annoyance slash apathy of his fellow New Directions. Thankfully, there's a new stud to fill out some solos, that being the new kid Sam, he with the lady lips and point break hair. 
Will announces that this week's project will be to perform a duet competitive style, the winning pair of which will receive a free, get this, meal at Breadsticks. Pause to share excitement about all-you-can-eat carbs. Okay. The kids attack the contest with all their moxie. The Rachel and Finn realize that the only thing better than a complimentary meal is keeping the Glee Club at its best, which means McKinley High's self-proclaimed it couple will throw the competition to boost the confidence of its newest member. Kurt, his gaydar in beeping mode, asks Sam to be the victor to his Victoria, much to the fear of Finn, who worries Sam will be scared away from the negative fallout of duetting with the school's only open homosexual. Kurt has a heart-to-heart with the slowly recovering Mike O'Malley, who explains that just because Kurt is brave enough to be himself in Lima, that doesn't mean those around him will handle it with quite the same attitude. It's amazing, as usual, and Kurt dissolves his partnership and celebrates by celebrating his fabulous self. Santana bums gal pal Brittany out during a makeout session, causing everyone's favorite cheerleader to seek the affection-slash-singing chops of Artie. They do it, but they don't duet, after Artie realizes making love means two very different things for him and Brittany. Santana teams up with Mercedes in a bid to bankrupt breadsticks out of, well, breadsticks, while Mike Chang and Tina reveal cracks in their Asian fusion, but bring it together to be pretty adorable. Lastly, Quinn and Sam embark on a hesitant flirtation, winning the competition, courtesy of Rachel slash Finn's white socks-like surrender, and bonding over, you guessed it, breadsticks at breadsticks. Hakuna Matata Glee, or in Not Navi, that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> Did you say Hakuna Matata Glee? Is yeah, that... I didn't really listen to Avatar because I had a really bad headache for most of it. So I just kind of <laughs> made up what the Navi language sounded like. And to me, it kind of sounded like the African I learned from The Lion King. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so in my research, it is that Eric Stoltz. Yes, um, score for Eric Stoltz. He started directing things in 2001. He directed a TV movie entitled My Horrible Year. Um, He's done a lot of TV episodes. um, One for Once and Again, one for, or a couple for Boston Legal, a couple for Quarter Life, a couple Grey's Anatomy, one episode of um, Nip Tuck, which explains how he wound up directing um, three episodes of Private Practice, one episode of Huge, one episode of Caprica. Um, and then it looks like two other films, one called The Bulls, one called The Grand Design. Um, that was back in 2005-2007. And a movie called Racing Patriots, which has been announced for 2011. Well, good for okay. him to spread his wings. Too bad he's not directing better television shows. Yeah. Most of the ones on that list are not, I am not a fan of, but you know, you got to learn somewhere, right? True, true story. All right. So want to dig in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Where do you want to start? Um, let's, let's start with Kurt. Okay. So Kurt um, is all excited because he's convinced any boy that dyes his hair with um, such kind of carelessness, must be gay. Um, but then this causes some problems with Finn, who sort of sees a parallel of what happened with him last year with Perch, um, which now some people had stuff to say about that, that Finn was... What did you think about Finn? Was Finn right or was he wrong? Was he just doing it the wrong way? What What do you think? Um, I, th- I think it was in- insensitive, the way he went about it, but I do think he had a point. Um Although, I mean, as we see Sam get slushied anyway, like, he's going to be made fun of anyway. 
just because he joined Glee. So I don't know if I don't I don't know if there was really a reason for them to stop Sam from doing it, mm-hmm. or Finn to stop Sam from doing it. I don't know. I it, it was. I feel like he. I feel like he kind of had a point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree. I think he did have a point, and this you see that when you know, obviously, Kurt talks to his dad about it, and this was something that a couple people had mentioned. How not that it was a plot hole, but we never saw the resolution after theatricality when um, Finn and Bert have that scene where Bert basically says, you don't ever use that word in my house. If this is the way you feel, you're not living under my roof, everything else. And we never saw that resolve between the two of them. And then in, you know, Mike O'Malley's one scene this episode, just when he was kind of addressing that, that, you know, Kurt, you, you know, I know that you're not an angel and you weren't just the victim. You were kind of coming on to a straight guy who can't handle that and, in this town, at this time, you kind of have to be aware of how you come off. Yeah. Um, but I but I do also still agree with the plot hole point. I think that they sang in front of each other. There's no reason for the rest of the school to know that Sam sang with a boy who's openly gay. So, I don't know. I'm kind of very undecided on the whole thing. But remember, just... we've seen those doors open in the background. Somebody could have walked by. Maybe those football players just have a good They could sense it. But they could have also um, just shut the door if they were nervous about that then. Like, I don't know. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's a small point, but I don't know. I, I guess I, I let that go because I think it made for a really interesting story. No, it did. I, I don't deny that, but I don't know. Maybe if they could have thrown in just a little scene where one of the football players overhears them talking in the shower. Mm-hmm. Which that kid takes okay. an awful which... lot of showers. <laughs> There's a lot of showering going on at McKinley High. They are very... We know that they don't take care of their teeth, but they sure do have good hygiene when it comes to their bodies. Yes, they do. So good for them. Now, this kind of leads us into Sam himself as a character. I really like Sam this week. Yeah, me too. I, he's clearly much rounder as a character. Um, I love that he's kind of dorky. He speaks Navi, and he's seen Avatar six <laughs> times. And I love that that's how he thinks he gets chicks. And he does. <laughs> he talks to the and, and he does a Matthew McConaughey impression. Like I, <laughs> he's, you know, he's not that like super suave quarterback that he sort of came off of in the first couple of episodes. He is mm. kind of dorky and, and I, I just, I liked it. He, I really, well, I didn't, I didn't necessarily not like him in the beginning, but I warmed up to him a lot more. Like I, I genuinely like him as a character now. Yeah, something I, I really do like about. Glee is how they um, all of of their really like 11 or 12 main characters, their main kids we now know about all of them. And that yep. was a problem last season like the only real problem here was like the whole Matt and Mike thing was that we, aside from the fact that one guy was black and one guy was Asian, we knew nothing about them and now we can firmly say we know all the Glee kids. Yep. We don't know all of their complete stories but they all have like both depth and these personality quirks. Mm-hmm. And something I loved about him was just how he reacted when Finn was kind of saying, like, you know, he's gay. And, like, Sam was like, yeah, so. So I like that they're bringing an open-minded male into the show, which, you know, in Ohio, the way they present it on Glee, you don't always have. Well, where do we actually know where he's from? I don't think so. I don't think they told I don't that. think they've said it. No, they've just said that he came from an all-boys school. 
Yeah, I'm curious as to like where he's supposed to actually be from. If he's like, well, his... you know, if he's from the Midwest also, or or if mm-hmm. he's from you know New York or California, where it's or a big city where it's clear, clearly more acceptable, and that's why he's right. more accepting of Kurt than than Finn is. Well, his his points of reference for coolness are <laughs> Avatar, Point Break, and Matthew McConaughey. So, so I don't know where their target audience is. Yeah, I guess he's from like Idaho then. Perhaps, perhaps. So this kind of leads into Quinn, Quinn's story this week. Yep, I really, really, I like the Sam Quinn romance. I think she needs a good guy. She needs kind of a dorky guy because she's had the popular guy twice now. She's had the bad boy and she's had like the doofy quarterback. So I think it's time she had someone who's kind of smart and and kind of dorky. And I think they make a a very sweet couple. As as Santana says, how friggin adorable. Mm -hmm. I I would say I yeah, I do kind of agree with Wayne that um, I don't know that I need to see her jumping into a romance just because that's always my like fear on any show or any person I know is like, no, don't jump into a relationship. You just got out of a dramatic one kind of thing. But I, I like the potential of this. I think the two actors have chemistry. And again, it's just watching this. Like, I think we really probably both agree on that. that like Diana Agron is possibly like, maybe so far from what we've seen, aside from Kurt, probably the strongest and I would easily say the most versatile actor on the show in the in that kid cast yeah and as far as getting out of relationship go you know it's when she's not looking for a relationship and that's always the time that you do find a relationship so i think it's very true to life that you know she's she's trying to be on her own and she's trying to be this independent person but of course she's going to fall into a relationship because that's when good things happen to you is when you're not looking for them that's true that's true um Well, wait a minute. Repeat that because it didn't it didn't come through. Oh, I asked you if you learned that from Oprah because it sounded very oh. empowering. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think I did. I think I learned that from True Life Experience. From Life. From life. <laughs> yeah. All right. You go, girlfriend. You go. Woo-woo. You're also getting a new car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So Finn and Rachel, this was a very quick storyline, but I thought it was really cute. I liked it. I I really love them as a couple this episode. Mm-hmm. They were very cute with each other, very sweet to each other, and I, th- he, I think he called her babe at one point, which I thought was really adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and do you think? Oh, you may go. I was going to say, I, I feel like you know we complained the past, well, you complained the past two episodes about how she is so selfish and she hasn't learned a lesson, and maybe this episode she does just want to win nationals but at least she's you know she's not relying on just herself she knows now that they need other people on the in the glee club to have a chance to win nationals erica can i get serious for a moment yes you can i want to get serious with you because i have something to say it's really not easy for me to say i had been i was wrong and you were right (gasps) (laughs) i'm sorry i just had to it's just not easy i need to cleanse after that um Yeah, because we did in the first two episodes when I kept getting really annoyed that Rachel kind of had the same storyline where, like, she did something bad and everybody kind of called her on it. And then it happened again. And you were like, no, maybe it's her to do something. That's how you talk in my um, (laughs) flashback, by the way. You have a really high voice and you sound like angry Elmo. Um, But then, uh, you know, in this episode, like, she just had a moment where she's like, 
I'm, I'm not a nice person and I want to be. And I, I really loved that. And then I loved that Finn was like, you're not doing this for you, for the team. You're doing it for you. And she's like, shut up, shut up. And it was really cute because I, I think it was for both. But I like that, like, she had to start somewhere. And this was, like, a great place to start. Yep, I agree. And, and they had so much confidence that, like, we're going to win. We're going to totally win. Like, which, I again, I just, I like that Finn had it, too. Like, now he's kind of confident in this. And it's a different side of Finn, I think. I like it. I really... I really enjoyed, enjoy, I enjoyed them this episode because they didn't have any major conflict and they kind of just got to be them and be in a relationship and it was nice to see. Yeah, I'm gonna say overall, just throw it out now. This was my favorite episode so far. This. Oh season. yeah, definitely. I really I agree. Yeah. Okay. I just had to look that out. <laughs> um, so Tina and Mike. Um, what did we learn about their relationship? They bicker a lot. They bicker a lot, but and... what do they bicker about? About where they go out to eat and spending time with Mike's mom. I love that Mike, because still, like, we don't know much about him, but now we know he's very proudly Asian and he's a mama's boy. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And this was, again, like, just snippets of their relationship. It was very cute. It was very funny. It was gave a lot of potential for where it will go. And that leads us to the last relationship of... This episode, oh, I forgot to add a key member to this relationship, but um, we had a bit of a love triangle of sorts, a very, very smushy, um, not quite um, like a triangle that you think you're drawing a triangle, but then you realize the lines are crooked, so they're not going to connect, so you have to add one, so it's more like a trapezoid kind of triangle. Brittany, Artie, and Santana. That, that would be a triangle. But it was a very, it wasn't a... A pointy triangle. I don't know. It, it never... It, uh, <sighs> I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't either. I'm confused. I'm going to call it a pyramid. How's that? Okay. Just because I think that will, that, will, that will release me of my definition for today. Um, Brittany and Santana. What's going on there? They're makeout buddies. They're just makeout buddies? You think there's anything deeper? Do you think it's just experimenting? They're having fun? Um, I think that they've both been with a lot of people and sometimes they just like to make out because who doesn't like to make out with someone? And apparently they also like to scissor. We did learn that. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. But now do you think it, I kind of got that. I mean, Brittany clearly is a little more, you know, there, what was that quote from Sex and the City? Always marry someone who loves you more than you love them. That Britney is... Or no, you don't think so? I don't find that to be true. Because we saw mm. we saw Santana's expressions throughout the episode where Britney was okay. kind of, you know, winking back at her like, oh, I have someone else now. And Santana mm-hmm. looked upset. I think And Sant- Santana sabotages it. Yeah, I think Santana loves Britney just as much as Britney loves Santana. And I don't necessarily think it's a lustful sexual love but I think it's I think it's a friendship love and Santana hasn't gotten any in 12 hours and (laughs) apparently she needs it to digest has raging hormones yeah I wonder if she had won the breadsticks dinner because that would have been a lot of breadsticks to digest so I don't know if they'd have to line them up for her now but yeah Artie was a big part of this he was. Um, 
Artie loses loses his little wheelchair virginity. He does. Um, that was I was surprised by that. Even though I know, like, if you go on a date with Brittany, you get to have sex with her. I knew that part, but that was still like, oh, this is that. Wow. Okay. Um, she very awkwardly lifts him and carries him like a child to her bed, <laughs> which is kind of adorable. A, a, a little bit weird too, because she was strong enough to lift him up and carry him over to her bed. Well, I mean, they, I'm sure they work out a lot. She's a Cheerio. I don't sure. know where she is on the pyramid, but she still has to have strength. Yes, very true. If you're walking around every day in a sleeveless outfit, you want to have toned arms. You do. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. W- I. I don't know. I I can't decide if I'm disappointed in Artie for going through with it. I I guess based on the way he was with Tina, I you know I expect him to be that hormonal hormonal boy who's gonna go through with it because he's a teenage boy. But I'm mm-hmm. I guess I'm happy that he felt different enough afterwards to realize that it wasn't the right thing to do. Okay. Well, it's interesting because now at this point we've seen two men lose their virginity on the show because mm-hmm. the same app because Finn was Santana last year and had a very similar reaction, which was like, I felt nothing because it, it meant nothing with you. Yep. And it was different in this case. Artie felt that way because he realized it didn't mean anything to Brittany, which then uh, immediately after, like, I, I, I'm really curious to see what they'll do with this because suddenly they made Brittany kind of a person, which I mean, they've done like. We like Britney. We obviously we love Britney, but this was probably the most human, I guess we've seen her and you could see it just in her face. Like she was really sorry. And I mean, she really had no way of knowing because what she likes to have sex and kind of figures. Well, every high school boy does too. Um, but like the, the, that kind of like really quick moment in the hallway the next day was, like enough to make you really wonder what's going to happen with her and with him and everything else along those lines. I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I guess I'm interested to see where they're gonna take it. And, and I'm interested in you know now now I feel like I feel like now we have a different Artie who could be very different in a relationship than he was with Tina. So I'm curious. He's growing. Definitely yeah. growing. I'm curious to see if he gets a chance to be with Tina again and if he, you know, has a better relationship with her or if they're going to give him a new love interest. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember um, last year, I guess, there was an interview on NPR with Ryan Murphy. And it was actually a really good interview that if you're NPR fans, like I would highly recommend seeking out. And he made a big point about, um, you know, that there's a character in the wheelchair and he did not want it to be like the saint. He wanted the kid in the wheelchair to be like just as jerky as any other kid. So, and, and I, I think also because uh, I guess Kevin McHale is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is 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 a very good actor that they are able to do that. And uh, you know, again, I think it has has a lot of possibility. I felt like this this episode like laid kind of scrambled, mixed up a few playing cards here and there, and. Gave, made me like really excited for the next few episodes and to see where different relationships go. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. It was it was a very good episode and it felt like the beginning of last season again, where mm, yeah. we had some. I mean, like I said with the uh, with the Britney episode, also you know we had some more risque happenings and you know subjects that were a little more difficult to tackle in a high school setting, but that 
probably really do happen in a, in a true high school setting. So I'm I'm glad to see it sort of return to what what I love so much in the first place. Okay. Uh, should we go into the songs or do you want to take a break? Um, no, we could just talk about songs. Okay. So I feel the like songs. I I I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say I feel like there's not going to be that much to say about the songs because although they were good songs, they didn't like. Um, I forget who said it before, but they in our feedback, but they didn't add anything to the storyline. Yeah, which was interesting, and yet I think I loved all of them. I I like them all. I I mean, I just they didn't advance the storyline another way. They were just they just sang them. They weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they, you know, it wasn't Rachel singing. Um, How about you I, hear me? And no, transport. what I did, I was going to say what I did for love at the end of. Okay. You know, it's not it's not anyone anything that anyone's feeling. It's just them singing duets. True. And this, uh, I, I would say it was more, they were very good character songs though, for me. Like they, you're right. They, nothing, they didn't go from point A to point B, but there was something that in terms of like showing all their characters, I really liked. And I felt it was real and like that this is what they would be singing. And it, it said something about them, but you're right. It didn't do anything. It just said something, I guess. Okay. Um, so the, the first song, which, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Which you seem to think was sung in the first by Elton John and Miss Piggy. I didn't say it was sung first by them. I just know that there is out there, there is a record with Elton John duetting with Miss Piggy on this song. And therefore it is very hard to take any duet seriously as a like really romantic song, knowing that it was one sung between Elton John and, and a Muppet. Whoa. And two, I don't see the two of them having had a, a relationship. <laughs> like um, if it was um, maybe Billy Joel and Janice, the left-handed guitarist, then there may have been more heat. Okay. Um, well, rather than Miss Piggy, it was actually Kiki D and Elton John who do, you know, the most well-known version of the song. But there is there is a recording out I don't, there with Miss Piggy. I didn't say there isn't, but that's not that's not Miss Piggy did not make the song famous. Kiki D did with Ellen John. To me, she did. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> indeed, I love. This um, song. I thought it was adorable. It was really cute. I always want to karaoke this song. I think it's wonderful. We should do that next time. We should only if I get to do Miss Piggy's voice. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It was I, I was definitely singing it the next day. Like it was stuck in my head. My favorite little touch in this one was um when Leah Michelle tussled Brad the guitar <laughs> the pianist's hair. I just thought it was really cute, made me happy, and he looked annoyed, which made me even happier. But yeah, like again, didn't do anything, but it was just really cute. And it was one of their duets that like, because Finn and Rachel are kind of guilty of having duets that they don't necessarily need to have sometimes, I think. And this one was just adorable and really fun. I agree. Anything else? Nope. nope. Should we move on to Santana so, Mercedes? Yep. They decided to sing River Deep Mountain High, which was fabulous. And probably, Did you know the song before? I didn't. I didn't know the song okay. before. Um, I didn't know who sang it until our feedback. So, um, 
but they did they did a wonderful job. I think my favorite part was um was just the dancing. I think their choreography was adorable, and I love when the they butt shakes. Both, the butt yeah, shakes. I love when they both did the booty shake. Uh huh. Yeah, this this was I would say the highlight of the episode. Like this this could come up on my like best of songs of the year because it was so energetic, and I like because we don't normally see Santana get that into anything. And I loved all the little theatricality of it. I loved like when um, uh, Mercedes is belting and Santana's just like, you know, doing the hand thing and rolling her eyes. Like it was just fun. It was energizing. And it, yeah, it should have won easily. Yep. I'd say. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. We have Kurt. Is that the name of the song? Doing La Hot Jazz from Victor I Victoria. So. I, yeah, I'm not, I haven't seen Victor Victoria, so I actually don't know the song either. But I know Julie Andrews once sang it. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the song or the film, so or the show, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but or the name. It was totally, totally fabulous. I loved. I love. I mean, I you know I've I know enough to have seen the the costuming for Victor Victoria, and I think it was great that they actually did it on Kurt, and I think he did a wonderful, wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is a song that made perfect sense that he would be singing because Kurt is fabulous and he knows he's fabulous, even though like much like Rachel and this will, we kind of get to that the two of them are so similar. They both know that they're phenomenally talented, but yet are both so insecure because, you know, most people don't recognize that. And they're, they both do have that fear that, you know, they are different from everyone else. And there was even a line, I guess I even wrote it down. Um, there's a lyric, I guess, which is like, when you're when you're different. And it, like, the camera did cut to Rachel watching it. Like, and that does come back later on. Um, holy, I wrote my notes, holy budget, holy choreography. That was some fast Cheerio action. Yeah. Uh, and Fringe. I will always support Fringe. That Fringe was wonderful. It was like, it was Elvis in his heyday wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I like that everybody was really happy. With, like, I, I like that the Glee Club was very supportive of each other this episode, yeah. except for Pac, which we'll get to. Um, but I like that, like, when he finished, everybody was cheering because it was great, and you couldn't deny it was great, and everybody knew it was great, and it made me happy. I agree. Yeah. Um, next one was um, Sing, I guess. From yes, do you know what musical it was from? I don't actually. It was the second musical of this season, or second song of the season to be from A Chorus Line. Ah. And I swear on my cat's rhinestone collar that when, um, as soon as like the two of them were standing in the state, uh, in the New Directions rehearsal room, and Mike is like, I don't want to do it. And Tina's like, you have to do it. It's the perfect song for you. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to sing, sing. <laughs> and they did sing, sing. So um, high five to me. Nobody to believe me about my cats, but I totally did call it. This uh, is, and this is this is easily my favorite number of this season so far. Really, it was so much fun. It was so cute. It was it really, was really adorable. Adorable, and I love that he's just been lip syncing for the past year and a half. Like <laughs> I know and, it answers our question because we were always wondering. Yeah, because he's definitely like. I feel like there's been instances where we've definitely seen him, like, moving his mouth and... Right, right. Do you know what it feels like for a girl? Exactly. That's exactly what was in my head. (laughs) And apparently he was just pretending. He wasn't really singing because he can't sing. 
I did that in fifth grade chorus. I was in fifth grade chorus and I never actually sang. I just lip sang the whole time. And it can work because nobody ever thinks to look at you. Yeah. But this, like, and this song, it's exactly that song. And of course, on it's the same thing, only the roles are reversed. It's a woman is the one that can't sing and the guy can sing. And it, it is like, I, don't, I always love this song because I always feel like it's me. Like, I, I love <laughs> the theater, but I can't stay on key. Um, and this was just really cute and adorable. And like, they both got to dance and do what they're good at. And I agree, they have phenomenal musical chemistry. I have to ask a question quick. Can you hear Mike snoring? No. Okay. I just... listening for it. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wasn't picking up on the recording because he's passed out <laughs> next to me. I kept seeing you like glance over and I'm like, is Erica like looking at a clock? Like at first I'm like, I think I was just really tired. She's not, she keeps like looking away, but now no. I know you're just looking at your sleeping boyfriend's head. <laughs> passed out it's really he's very tired he interned all day today but i was he just started snoring louder and i was like i really hope that the the recording's not picking that up can you can you like should you like well no i was gonna say like fill up a bottle with water and put his hands in it so when he wakes up he pees (laughs) that really doesn't help you at all it's like you're you're out unfortunately he's yeah he's supposed to be doing homework so i'm oh i just tried poking him a little bit but he's not picking up so okay so anyway um, then Rachel and Finn, sorry for the interruption. Uh, no problem. They sing Born Again, which I don't, do you know, are you familiar with this no, song? No, no, I, I don't know this song at all. I don't either. I, I don't know who sang it. I don't know where it came from. I just listened to the words and watched the staging and really enjoyed the look on the other um, Glee Club kids' faces because they were so disgusted and horrified. Yeah. And that was kind of great. Um, it, I mean, it was it was like the Run Joey Run moment of last season, although the song was not as good because Run Joey Run is, was, as we know, one of my favorite scenes. Yep. Um, but it was it was, and I I just found that like because I found that little subplot really cute and funny that um, you know, like the way they decided because they couldn't throw their voices, you know, like like we said, yeah. like if you're a good singer, you can't sing off key, so they had to find a way to sing an inappropriate song and make it really really inappropriate, so they took a like you know love song about being inside of you and made it about and happened to play it off as a priest and a nun which was kind of funny and kind of brilliant on their on their part yeah and I mean they threw it they obviously lost yeah and the other thing I liked was that even though it the way like we talked about last week how Mercedes said two songs and we were like Having two okay songs made them both in the end just really, really forgettable. Yeah. In this case, Rachel and Finn had two songs in this episode, but this one, like, I liked both of them. And this one was really short. They didn't try to stretch it out. And it was really funny. So it, you know, I wasn't mad that they got more singing. Yeah, it definitely worked. It it, it proved, it, you know, it showed how they threw the competition and it wasn't overdone. It was, it was perfect. It was great. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the Squin song, as some people have dubbed, dubbed oh, them? Oh, I don't like that. You don't like that? No, no. no. Gleecast um, does not endorse that that nickname. All right. Well, people, think of a better nickname for Sam and Quinn. Yeah, I can't think of one right now, but... Neither can I, but work on it, work on it. Um, uh, no, this song, I don't know. Do you know this song? I do, but only because Mike did. It's um, It's actually called Lucky, and it's by Jason Mraz and Kobe Cole. Okay. It was a very cute little song. 
I really like this song. I thought it yeah. was like just like I'd never heard the song before and I really loved the song and I liked the way they did it. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, this is a really pretty and like sweet little song that I really like. It was very endearing. Mm-hmm. And it was and very it was, the way they did it was very cute. The staging was very mm-hmm. cute. The choreography yeah, was very, very cute. Simple. And um, I, it was really perfect, I thought, for Diana Agron's voice. Because I, I don't know what her vocal capacity is. I think she's one of those people that I don't know that she has, like, a lot of range in her voice. and But she has, like, a really sweet voice and has a really nice sound to it. And I thought this, this song, like, used that perfectly. Like, she sounded perfect in this song. Yeah, and we heard him sing a full song, which, Mm -hmm. well, we heard him do Millionaire, but that was kind of like, meh. But, um, yeah, and he sounded great, too. They they were quite cute, and I'm a a proponent of their love, but not of their nickname. (laughs) We'll work on that. All right, and the last song, which I really do need to download. Yes, it was Happy Days and Come On, Get Happy. It was a mashup. Yes. It was I, good. I love, yeah, I love that because um, they kind of referenced Defying Gravity in the song earlier, how like, oh, that, you know, that worked out so well, so let's do it again. And so I like that, um, which I know that was like both of our, one of our favorite songs of last season. And this was, it was similar, obviously, because it was the two of them again singing, but it was totally different because it was all about happy. And, but it was still like kind of sad, kind of like there was so much longing in it, but it was so, I just thought this one was perfect. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed their shiny clothing. Uh, Kurt had that, on that, that clothing was shiny. Yeah, a, a shiny silver suit, and I liked Rachel's little sailor outfit. I thought it was really cute. Um, yeah, it was just a, a really enjoyable piece. It was really simple. They, you know, sat on stool, stayed in one place, sang the song beautifully, mm-hmm. which is really all we could, all we need from them. We don't need, you yeah. know, even though when, Kurt's. Kurt's um, number was really enjoyable. We don't need all that to enjoy him. And I think that's We great. don't always need hierography, right? Right. Exactly. All right. So those were the songs. I, I really liked all of them. I agree. But yes, they were not, they were no life-changing moments the way some have been in the past. But I think this was like musically one of, easily, again, my favorite episode this season, both musically and in terms of story. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Should we take a break for high notes, low notes, or keep going? Yeah. No, we'll take a quick break, and we will be back with our high and low notes. Brand new for 2010, it's East Coast meets West Coast, bringing you all the best punk rock, hardcore, and everything in between. Stage dives and high fives with your host, Bill by Force. Massachusetts represent and F13. California love motherfucker. Stage dives and high fives. Coming soon to an MP3 player near you. In a world. That has a country called England. Three cinephiles battle weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. They review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. 
Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. We back. We're back. Okay. Uh, we will begin as always with the high notes. Yes, these high notes. Um, I feel like a lot of my high notes this week are just quotes because I feel like there were a lot of really cute things that were said. Some good zingers, if you will, such as Asians cup Asian couple therapy. Why does it always have to be Asian? Yeah. And if you're 16, should you really be going to couples therapy? Probably not. You should probably just break up. Do kids do that nowadays? Any 16-year-olds out there ever gone to couples therapy? I, goodness. I can't, what what can you possibly talk about? You have no history. You've been together two weeks. Yeah. Very strange. Um, I I enjoyed Sassy Santana this week. I I like that uh, she really got excited about breadsticks. Very excited about breadsticks. Like, she was ready to kill puppies and newborn babies. We, we know she would kill Quinn's newborn baby. But um, she was ready to, to murder if she had to, I think, for some breadsticks, which don't, didn't actually look that good, I have to say. They did. But, I, uh, I really expected them to be, like, Olive Garden breadsticks, which to me are delicious because they're all, like, doughy and yummy. I like I like doughy breadsticks. I don't like hard breadsticks. I'm just going to shake my head because I, I know. I just think of all those people, like like certain family members who will say like, yeah, it's it's my birthday. I can't wait to go to dinner at my favorite restaurant, the Olive Garden. I'm not endorsing and, the Olive Garden as a whole. I just really like their breadsticks. I don't go eat there regularly or ever for that matter. But I like, or like, is it better to say like the Pillsbury breadsticks? No. Yes, it is actually. As, as your I'm, boyfriend makes a moaning sound in agreement with me. He says Pillsbury. So you're going to go with it. Emma Pillsbury breadsticks. Bam. Sucks. He said that Olive Garden sucks, actually, which I, I don't disagree. I high believe five. it does. High five, Mike. High five. I'm high fiving. He can't hear you. She's high fiving. Oh. That's right. You're wearing headphones. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones. He can't actually hear all, your side. Only my and side. It doesn't matter if I punch my computer in the face, but it doesn't actually go <laughs> through to the other side, does it? No, it doesn't. Okay. Go eat your Emma Pillsbury breadsticks and be happy. I like doughy things. Whatever. Um, Speaking of breadsticks, I really like that every, apparently every restaurant in town just has the um, ethnic equivalent of a name. Like the Italian place is called breadsticks. The Asian place is called dim sum. (laughs) Um, so let's see. If there's a Korean restaurant, it's going to be called kimchi. <laughs> if there's a Mexican restaurant, it's going to be called burrito. Yep. I like that. It's nice and easily identifiable. Exactly. Because I'm kind of guessing this town only has one restaurant per nationality anyway. Probably. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, Artie's fashion in this episode, if I may point out, uh, lasers on the back of his wheelchair. Don't know where they came from. Love them. And I wasn't sure if I loved this, but I found it amusing. And it, it did make me look and think. He had a sweater with bowling. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he just did. And it 
I'm intrigued by it. It makes me feel like his mom dresses him. That is possible. Yeah, that is possible. Um, as far as, though, Kurt's sweater, did you catch the, in that very serious scene with Mike O'Malley, when, you know, Mike O'Malley's having this, this very, it's a very important scene, I think, you know, socially and, and everything else. Why were there hands on Kurt's breasts? Because Kurt is super fashionable and very fashion forward for Ohio. That was just a, a, I don't know how I feel about that look. It was like that Janet Jackson infamous uh, Rolling Stone cover where there's like hands covering up her boobs. Or like the, the, the performance of Toxic where he's covering Mercedes boobs with bowler with hats. Ass. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a reference, a visual reference, if you will. But um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else caught just the hands on the sweater. Weird. It was it was weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say I liked it or didn't like it, but it was it stood out to me. Um, another quote I really liked was when, I forget, oh, it, it was Finn who said it to Sam about, um, Sam trying to kiss Quinn. He told him it was a major glee party fail. <laughs> fail. I, for, I think he wrote, I wrote fail, but I feel like he said. I don't know. They've got those wacky no. Ohio accents. I actually wrote foul. I just can't read my own handwriting. It was a major glee party foul. And I like that he said it was a glee party foul. I think it was funny. Yeah. I like that there's, there's that like groupness going on there, but they're becoming their own kind of click. Um, there were, there was a lot of great Britney this episode. There was. I think we both agree that the visual image of Britney nudging a meatball with her nose melted, it melted my stone cold heart. It did. That was my favorite moment that I was saving that for last and you ruined it. Thanks a lot. Oh God. I'm a Rona. <laughs> I'll ruin a. No, it, it was, was really it. Cute. It was my absolute favorite moment, though. I, it was so sweet. And she sweet. practiced. She practiced. It's very sweet. She had some good lines. I, I wrote down two. Um, I, I, for a while, I thought you were a robot. Great. And yeah. before our duet, we're going to do it. Because it was clever for Brittany, I thought. Like, it was. Wordplay. Go, B. I call her B. Because you're tight like that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of um we're we're both fans of gossip girl, so we we carry it over. Um, another thing, uh, going back to Kurt's fashion sense, he was wearing a raccoon tail in the beginning, which was really funny to me. Like, and his butt? It was clipped onto his belt. Actually, it's like it's like a fashion thing the kids are doing nowadays. Oh, they are doing this nowadays. Remember, we were commenting that on that at Rock and Shock because a bunch, bunch of people had tails, and we didn't know if it was a choice or like a or the Rock werewolf thing. What, no, remember I told you, well, I was telling Lisa, I think, actually, there was that video going around, like, you know, there's the goth kids who think they're vampires, and now there's kids who think they're werewolves, too. Ah, uh, I did not know that. They so run out in, of touch with me. They run in packs, and they, they wear those tails a lot. They clip them to their belt. But Kurt had one, and I thought it was really, I, it, was, it was very funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just find the idea, like, do they, do they hunt? Do they run in packs and, like, hunt small game? Or no. they just like walk around with tail. They, they their packs basically meet at the mall food court outside the Hot Topic. <laughs> um, that makes me really happy. I, I I need to go to malls more often. I need to to get back in touch with with teen culture because it's apparently fantastic these days. This was a news piece. I, I saw it online. I'll find it and send it to you afterwards, and I'll post it in the forums because it's really worth yeah. watching. It's really funny. 
And if anybody's like done it for fun, and if there's something we're missing, like I've I, I LARPed once. It was not that fun. <laughs> it was really disappointing, actually. We have but to record want, that bonus episode. One of these days, I will tell my my LARPing story. Um, but you know, in theory, dressing up like a werewolf and hanging out with your friends also dressed like werewolves. It doesn't sound not fun. I'm just saying. But. I somehow think it is not nearly as enjoyable as its potential would lead me to believe. Uh. <laughs> if anybody out there has any experience doing this, share, share. You can be anonymous. Sure. <laughs> not really if it comes through email. We'll have your email address and we'll broadcast it all over the podcast, I'm sure, but you try. Well, Erica will. Ha 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 ha. And then, or, but then she'll edit it anyway. So then yeah. she, all the power is in her hands. Um, the only other high point I had, oh, I just like that there's still a lot of shower scenes because I find the idea of them funny. I never took a shower in high school. Did you? Um, we were forced to when we took swimming. You had swimming. Yeah. Oh, Okay. We had one semester of yeah. swimming, and they forced us to take showers afterwards. It was like, we were already wet from the pool. Why do we have to take a shower? We're just going to smell like chlorine. And then, of course, I had it, like, second period. So I basically went in, went to one class and then had to shower and redo my hair and makeup. But oh, I, I, I like that you still, like, if, if that was me, because I remember in senior year, I had gym first period, which was the greatest thing in the world because it meant I could wake up and go to school in my pajamas. Um, but I like that you still did your hair for first period. Well, I couldn't go out with it wet, especially, I think I had it, um, like, the quarter back after, like, January break, like, after Christmas break, rather. So it was January, I couldn't go outside and ride the bus with my hair wet, I would have froze, so, I just, okay. and I'm very, I'm very picky about showering, I can't go out of the house without showering, it, it, like, I'm, I, I'm similar, I'm similar, but we just never, I think we had showers in school, I didn't know a single soul who ever used them, but yeah different strokes perhaps um we didn't have a pool but we did have a long-standing prank that you told incoming freshmen or, or sophomores rather that there was a pool on the third floor and you just tried to confuse them because we were wacky like that <laughs> oh, that's um kids. i had one last high note and that okay. was um when sam speaks navi i <laughs> Both times I watched it, I cracked up and laughed for, like, five minutes after it. Actually, the first time we watched it, I, I like, heard him say something in a different language, and I immediately started cracking up because I understood that he was talking Navi, and Mike didn't get it right away, and he was kind of looking at me funny, and I was like, you, in between, like, gasping breaths of laughing, I was like, it was Navi, like, he, he's speaking to her yeah. in this made-up Avatar language. I think that may have been my biggest laugh of the season so far. Yeah, it definitely was. And just like <laughs> when he gives a translation, he's like, it means your eyes are beautiful in the V. Avatar, six times. Oh, <laughs> and then actually he had another really sweet line where when they sort of come together and they're like, oh, we'll sing the duet together, but, you know, we won't pursue a relationship. We could just be friends. And he's like, you might have to wear sunglasses around me a lot. I thought that was really Oh, cool. he's so smooth. He was super smooth and it was very, it was very interesting. It was actually cute. Yeah. And again, I will give anybody bonus points for styling themselves based on Patrick Swayze and Point Break. Yes. The only and, thing he could have done better is if it was actually Roadhouse, but. And doing Matthew McConaughey impressions. <laughs> yes. Doing such a great bad Matthew McConaughey impression. 
it made me happy. Okay. I don't have any more high notes. Do you? No, I'm good. Okay. Low notes. Low notes. Um, what you got? I, I actually didn't have any. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. And I mean, I guess the only one that there really was was the one we discussed already about the plot hole of how would the rest of the school know if Sam sang with Kurt. But other than that, I was I was pretty, pretty happy with the episode. I thought it was a very solid episode and really, really enjoyable to watch. Okay. Um, I didn't like uh, how Puck's story was handled. And I granted it was clearly like an exposition thing. They had to get him out of the show for a week or two. But I didn't like that the kids didn't seem to care. Well, I think they I think it was just kind of one of those things that they expected to happen sooner or later because, you know, he's Puck. He does stupid shit like yeah. it was it's it's a wonder he didn't go to juvie for slashing all of the tires of local <laughs> adrenaline. Slash the tires in your car. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they I, just. I have, they just expected it to happen sooner or later. So what were what were they going to do about it? Don't. I know, and I even like I did chuckle when somebody was like, "Oh, it's about time," but still, like I I don't know, like like Puck, all of them have a connection to Puck. It just it felt like mean. Like I was surprised. Like only Will was like, "Guys, this is serious," and the rest of them were like, "Ah, whatever." Like I don't know. I thought Finn should have been like, "Oh, I'm mildly concerned" or something. But I, I I'm I don't know. I'm sure they care, but there's nothing they can really do about it. What are they going to do? They just sit in at the at the court to get him let free? There's nothing they could really do to help him. Can't they, like, send him cookies or something that have, like, powder in them or salsa? I saw this on Mythbusters. You can break out of jail with salsa. Can you? It takes a period of time, yeah. But if it's, like, really hot or has some certain acidic, because it's the acid in it, um, certain bars, if you, like, just keep kind of coating the bars with salsa it will start to wear down it will like rust them out and then you can punch through and get out so you know just would have liked to see that i guess or like at least in a town like maybe finn like hey guys we should break them out with hot sauce and they're like no nah, we got other things to do and he's like <laughs> okay just just would have liked that little bit of line but oh well um i'm still confused because now aren't there still only 11 people in glee um they didn't get anyone else new, right? Am I crazy? Because the whole, the beginning, Will is like, this is serious. We need another member. It's like, yeah, you already need another member. Now you need two people. You well, have Sam now, but you still are down one. You need 12. I guess right? in theory, Puck is is still a member. Because when, when it opened, they were like, Matt left, so we have 11, so we need one more. Um, so they found two more, and then neither of them joined. And now Sam joined, so they're back up. If Puck was there, it would be 12, which would no, be... No, if Puck was there, it would be 11. Okay, we can do math. We can do this. You had 11 at the beginning. And then you lost, let's say you lost Puck, so then you had 10, then you got Sam, then you have 11. Well, uh, that's what I was saying. In theory, Puck is still a member. He's just gone for right now. Right, he's the 11th. They still need a 12th. No. Yeah. No, they, they when they started with eleven when Puck was in the Glee Club, right? And we added in Sam, and Puck is in Juvie, so that's one minus one, so we still have eleven. But Puck is in theory still a member because he's just he'll be back, so he'll be the twelfth member. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me check this. Okay, <laughs> eleven. Eleven. Sam would be twelve. Minus Puck would be 11. 1 plus 1 plus 2. 
plus one plus two. Um, yeah. Okay. My clue math. All right. You're right. You're right. If, <laughs> as long as as long as Puck does not get executed in juvie, there will be twelve members in Glee. Yes. I'm a little. Okay. I'm a little frightened right now. You scared me a little bit just now. <laughs> I was so good. This wow. I'm a little frightened because this was totally bothering me the entire time. I'm like, well, there's still only eleven people in Glee. You still need one more. And like, it was really annoying me that nobody was pointing that out. So, um, once again, my math skills prove inferior to about 98% of the world that can count to 12. <laughs> um, you have one last low note. I do. Um, okay. So, uh, Rachel and Finn, when they're trying to figure out what bad song to do and Finn's like, I got it. Remember when we watched Grease and like, it was okay. And then we watched Grease 2 and like, I fell asleep and you said it was really bad because the songs were bad. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to sing something from Grease 2 and I'm going to be happy. Because uh, there's so many great songs I could have sung. I would have preferred Let's Do It For Our Country, <laughs> the um, wonderful song of seduction with the girl from Supergirl and Fame, uh, where they decide, a couple decides to have sex because they think that, the, um, you know, there's a bomb coming. Uh, but instead they sang a different song. So I was, I, in the end, I just really hope they sing something from Grease 2 by the end of the season. Okay, then. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we have a new question of the week. We do. Um, I am, uh, we saw everybody get super, super, super excited about breadsticks because they legally cannot deny you breadsticks. They have to keep bringing you breadsticks. Even if you bring in a mm -hmm. wheelbarrow, they have to fill your wheelbarrow breadsticks or you'll get fired. It's um, like that Simpsons episode of the all-you-can-eat seafood buffet. Yep. So... Obviously, the kids are very excited about this. I want to know what is the real-life excitement equivalent of breadsticks. Because I don't know any restaurant that I get so excited about going to that I am ready to knock down my friends and run into the place and eat. You need to think about that. Well, does it have to be food, or could it be, like, my child or something? Like, could it be... Could, could you... I'm, is I'm, it, like, your inner happiness... No, I it, it's I is meant, it that one thing like in city slickers that could be different things for different people or no it's food it's totally food I I meant oh, a restaurant no. okay I okay meant, yeah I meant what restaurant is as exciting as breadsticks for you because I okay. don't I don't get as excited uh, as, about food as Santana does apparently okay. Right. And you can answer that at our forums at palaver dot com that's p a l a v r dot com. I'm so glad you could spell that. I can't count to 12, so it's impressive that we can spell a word that doesn't exist. Do you think people know how to spell it yet? I'm hoping they do, but who knows? There could be new people this there week. There could be new listeners. So, again, Palaver, P-A-L-A-V-R. Grilled Jesus bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you can find us there, mostly, P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Deadly Dolls. Um, I am on Twitter at Erica's name. It's E-R-I-C-A-S-N-A-M-E. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a blog, deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. I and am I not a blogger. Oh, apparently bloggers <laughs> become a dirty word. Apparently it's like um, when, if you used to say like, yeah, I, I lost it all in the dot com thing when people looked at you dirty. Or if you said, like, yeah, I used to be a Nazi and people looked at you with dirty faces. That's apparently what it means to be a blogger these days. So Yeah, um, Emily's, Emily's a blogger. 
Uh, I have a big B branded on my face, just like in Glorious Bastards, in place of a swastika. It's kind of it's sassier if it was a scarlet B on your clothing, like um, what's her face from the Scarlet Letter? Hester Prynne. Hester, thank you. I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, no problem. See, I can't count to twelve, but I can I can give you the names of literary characters from classic American novels. Well, we're proud of you. We all got our talents, people. Share yours at plavr.com because we're going to hope it includes posting. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not pushing that site too hard, are we? Nah. All right. No. Well, that was duets. Um, we'll see you all next week for the Rocky Horror Glee Club. For the Rocky Horror Mission Show! Rocky we're excited Horror for it. Glee Club Show. The Rocky or Glee Club. Yeah, that would be right. Rocky yeah. Horror Glee Club Show. Isn't that what they're calling it? I have no idea. I'm just going to say yes. I think that's what it's called. Rocky Horror Glee Club. Okay. We'll do you, see want, do you, you want me to look? Week. I can look. If, you, if you'd like to look, you can look. I'm not going to stop you from looking. Your snoring boyfriend might, but I will not. Oh, he's awake now. Uh-oh. He woke up but on he still the can't hear me, right? So I can still talk about him and he won't know? You can still talk about him and he won't know. Ooh, ha 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 ha. That um, Michael... Okay. It's actually the Rocky Horror Glee show. So they just replaced Pitcher with Glee. That's one way to do it. We'll find out how they do it. Maybe with duets. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's time to go to bed. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.